Here's how to survive the incoming market crash. These are the only stocks that will survive a recession. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. The Bean Pod is presented by Dowmaker, the top crypto launchpad in the industry. Dowmaker allows people to participate in top crypto projects before they launch and generate some of the best returns you can find anywhere. They also provide growth solutions for crypto projects that are looking for funding and assistance with marketing. With their revolutionary new public strongholder offerings, everyone can get early access to top crypto projects regardless of their net worth. Dowmaker is rapidly disrupting the venture capital industry. If you're interested, head over to dowmaker.com to learn more. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to tell you the best stocks to get during a recession. Because we have super high inflation, we potentially have a we have rising interest rates, we could have an impending recession at any moment here. And these, so we've done the research and and checked out which stocks perform well during recessions of the past, which industries you need to be looking at, because there are some interesting picks here that you might not have thought about. So you need to watch this episode. Yeah. So what's happening right now? We have inflation at all time high. We have a recession talk because of rising interest rates. Nobody knows where this is going to go, but it's important to diversify in the event that any one of these events does happen. For sure. Inflation right now is at 8.5%. I mean, prices are absolutely out of control. And it's, it's, it's obviously much higher than this. I mean, look at what happened to our gas prices not long ago. Yep. They shot up from $1.50 to like two bucks or something. That's a lot higher than 6%. You know, you go into the grocery store now, I might, I'm, uh, a, a coffee, be- like these coffee beans I, I usually buy, went from $15 or $14 up to 20 bucks. Yeah. That's higher than 8%. Um, you go to buy like your favorite package of, you know, chips or whatever, it's way smaller, but the same price. So th- that, everything has gone up way more than 8%. So I don't know what that, and people's rent, you know, my uh, brother, my brother, for example, he's, he's, he just got charged an extra $300 per rent. He's paying 1500 normally. So that that is higher than six. Like everything yeah. right now is moving up. So interest this number this rising. number is bullshit. Yeah, eight point five percent. So interest rates are rising, rent is rising, food is rising, and what happens then is the you know the governments need to react because this out of control inflation has been spurred on by them pushing money into the market since the COVID crash, right? Right. So now that's why the Fed, as we just saw a few days ago, they're taking money out of the market. They're doing quantitative easing. They're doing tapering, which is the opposite of pumping the markets. That means there's, so now they've said there's a 35% chance of a recession in the United States within the two years. Goldman Sachs just came out and said. Yeah. If they're saying 35%, it's high, the higher. odds are much, because much last, higher. What, last time they were saying uh, the inflation was transitory yep. or whatever? and It's all of, bullshit. You got to read between the lines. <laughs> yeah. So what does that mean for the stock market? When a recession is in, incoming and money is being taken out of the market, companies that are forward-looking growth tech growth tech companies that their their earnings and their bottom line is based on future money future earnings well if that future money is not worth as much anymore because of inflation their valuations are getting slashed in half right so what you need to look for is defensive stock plays companies that actually make more money when when there's a recession and unfortunately people are hurting and companies that are unaffected by recession. So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? These are very important picks that I'm going to be diversifying my portfolio into 
So this is this is a super important episode. Okay, so a recession is a widespread downturn in economic activity. And when you hear that the Fed is increasing interest rates, it's to put it, there's, it's a curb borrowing. They want to slow down the market right now. Now I'll start uh, eliminating demand and driving down the prices to eventually bring inflation to the target of 2%. I believe there's chatter of potentially making it 3%. So what they might end up doing is just having inflation still come up a little bit, but not as it's going to almost be impossible to bring inflation all the way back down right. with these interest rates. So I think they're going to try and meet in the middle by raising interest rates, but not too high, and then allow the inflation to come up a little bit. I think they're going to try and meet in the middle. Again, we have midterm elections coming up in November. So the, you need the Biden administration to kind of tick some boxes here. So that's why I think. But um, yeah, typically, you're going to go more risk off. You're going to look to larger companies with ample cash flows. You want healthy balance sheets. You want to look to commodities, consumer staples, and hard goods like metals and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So the first the first sector that you mentioned that I want to discuss is is your staples, your retailers, right? So if you think about what happens in a you know from a psychological point in a recession, people are shopping at the low cost retailers. So right away, my eyes go towards Walmart, Target, Costco, and the dollar stores, right? So Walmart. If you look at it, the chart actually hasn't soared as much as a lot of these recession stocks have already. So to me, it looks like a good buy. Target has been on a roll. Costco just goes up and to the right. That thing, honestly, like you look at that chart, that is just like a straight line up to the right. And, and if you think about during a recession, people are going to be going to these stores more than ever. They might not necessarily be going to Whole Foods or your local boutique store. You know, they, they need to save money because we're in a recession. So to me, Walmart, Target, Costco, and then some of the dollar stores are looking too good, are looking good, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I have on my list as well. I had the consumer staples as uh, the Dollar General, uh, Dollar Tree, and Walmart because you're still, they have um, <clears throat> thousands of locations. They have purchasing power, um, meaning they can they can get bananas or they can get diapers or, or toilet paper at a cheaper price than you will at the store down the road because they have so much purchasing power. So where are people going to turn? Are they going to turn to the alternative and pay an extra $2? Or are they going to go to Walmart, who has the purchasing power, and they can get it for $2 cheaper? And that adds up over the year. So for sure, that's where people are going to be turning, for sure. Yeah, I like those ones. And then on the, same, on the same guideline as Staples, if people are not going out to eat as much because they can't afford the crazy food costs at restaurants, they're going to be cooking at home more and they're going to be spending more time at home. So I'm looking at the food providers for home cooking, like Kroger Foods or something like that, Pepsi and Coke, people are eating at home. So they're buying these products more often. And those are the kind of products that you get in those cheaper stores anyway, right? So Pepsi, Coke, and Kroger Foods. And then in terms of staples, uh, Procter & Gamble and Unilever, these are recession-proof stocks. People need their toiletries. They need their cleaning products. They need their, you know, all that kind of stuff that those, co those companies offer. And when you walk into a, a pharmacy or a grocery store, these companies own half the store. So if people are shopping at these places, you want the companies that own those products as well as, so if you target is your, your company and then you go into the store, well, who owns the products in target? It's Pepsi, Coke, Procter and Gamble and Unilever, right? Right. So these are your recession proof stocks from the staples. Absolutely. Sticking on the food side of things, because again, like we said at the beginning of the episode, you need to look at the consumer staples. You, you, you could turn to tobacco, you can turn to, you know, alcohol. Like these are things that people are going to, they're going to be at home more often. They're, gonna, they're not going to be out spending as much. You have to eat <laughs> like, 
So with, I don't know if everybody forgot that there was a war still going on over in, you know, Ukraine. Yep. But the sanctions that were pl- placed and how the, with those two countries being huge exporters of natural gas, fertilizers, you need to grow the food, right? So as we've alluded to in previous episodes, when it came to uh, the food shortage that is going to hit us, you can look at a company like Nutrien, right? So this is a Canadian fertilizer company. It's the largest producer of potash and the third largest producer of nitrogen in the world. Nitrogen and potash are used to create fertilizer. So you still have to create food for the world to eat when you have the sanctions going on and you're not, you have them not exporting their goods. You can look to a company like this who net profit margins increase 106% year over year. Their net in- income is up 280% year over year. The revenue is up 83% year over year. We looked at some fertilizer stocks, right? Yeah, I think food stocks, um, first of all, shout out to us for that food stocks episode. If you haven't watched that episode, go check it out. We absolutely nailed it. And all of those food stocks since that episode was about, I don't know, a month, a month, two months ago, they've been soaring, right? Yeah. And I think this fits well into this episode as well. So not only would I look at a nutrient for fertilizer, I would look at a Bayer for seeds and fertilizer, and then also Cortiva for pesticides. It all kind of goes in the same rung of consumer staples, right? People are eating these foods at home with rising prices. These companies have rising profits. So food stocks fits right into the commodities sector for me. And it's they're the opposite of these risky growth tech stocks. They have great cash flow balance sheets that, as you said this at the start of the episode, these are these rock solid, multi, multi billion dollar companies that are recession proof. So not only consumer staples, the stores, the products, but the suppliers as well. So food stocks, I think if you're going to diversify your portfolio to be recession proof, food stocks have to be in there. Yeah. So you got the fertilizers, you had PepsiCo in there. Um, you had the actual retailers when it came to Walmart. Um, another one you could look to is Mosaic Group. Again, sticking with the large balance sheets, <clears throat> this is a Fortune 500 company and the largest producer uh, of fertilizer in the US. So the Mosaic Group is another good good one to put on your radar there. Here's an interesting one for consumer products and staples. O'Reilly Automotive Parts. So the, the thinking here is that during a recession, people aren't buying as many used cars as they used as they used to. They're fixing old cars. Right. So auto parts stores are seeing more business than ever because people just can't afford these new fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar cars. They'd rather fix up their own ones. So an auto parts store to me looks like a great play. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> because people are buying auto parts to fix their fix their fucking beaters, right? Yeah. So O'Reilly Automotive Parts, the ticker is O L O R L Y. I think they could continue. They've already been in a good run, but I think over the next few years, as people are hurting, they're not buying new cars. Look to those auto parts. Just buying the parts, right? Mm, Everybody's like gonna be on YouTube, you know, looking up how can they fix. Mm. YouTube's a hell of a place, man. Yeah, you can uh, find podcasts like this. Great podcast and auto, <laughs> and how to fix cars, O'Reilly. auto parts. Yeah, so look yeah, at O'Reilly. Such a good name too. Yeah. Um. So again, like sticking to metals and stuff, like the uh, you know, everybody turns to gold. Gold is performing. If you look at the chart over the past like 20, 30 years, it's been doing fantastic. Um. You know, especially with the with the dollar absolutely just looking like a shit coin. People are turning to hard assets. Um. This is where the wealthy are going to turn to. So you can look to a company called like Newmont. It's the world's largest gold mining company. Um, they stay into the precious metals. They usually only focus on gold, but in the race, in the recent call, they're now growing their exposure to copper and silver. So I found that really interesting. Um, they have 5 billion. We talked about 
cash on hand and how important that is. Yep. These guys have $5 billion in cash on hand. Yeah, for sure. Something you want to look to when we're potentially going to be in a bear market for the next five, 10 years, right? Definitely. So when you're d diversifying your portfolio to play against a recession, inflation, and in general, I think we're going to be entering a, a much more risky environment, right? So you want to go risk off, which is precious metals. So not only a company like, it was NEM, the ticker, I think it was. Uh, Newmont? Yeah. NGT. NGT. Okay. Um, another one I like is Barrick Gold. Um, there are big Canadian gold miners. So the ticker is G-O-L-D, gold. Um, I think gold in general is a great risk off play. When there's a war, when there's recession, when there's threat of depression, all that kind of stuff, gold tends to perform better than almost every other growth type stock there is. So I would look to add a gold miner or potentially like a silver ETF, SLV, like a silver shares ETF. Silver performs similar to gold. It's a little bit more volatile because it's not as largely owned as an asset. Yep. But to me, that's a little bit more attractive. So potentially a silver instead of gold would be a play. But either way, I think you want to have a precious, precious metal yeah. in your portfolio. And the cool thing about this is because the, if you look at the chart of gold, it's been on this steady incline for ages. And, you know, digging into... so. For every $100 increase in gold prices, Newmont gets an extra 400 mil in incremental cash flow each year. Right. So that's going to be the same for, for Barrick Gold. Is If that gold price keeps going up because the dollar keeps going down because of the recession and inflation and all this other stuff, you're going to start to see the uh, better balance sheets for these companies. Right. Sticking to the metal side of things, um, I think if you listen to what Biden is doing for his, his infrastructure bill, he said that all manufacturing i think uh was it uh all manufacturing or all infrastructure in the u.s has to be used has to be used with u.s steel right so sticking to the metals uh, i found one that was called cleveland cliffs clf uh they specialize in iron ore and steel making and it's the largest flat rolled steel producer in north america and just because there's these such a demand now in the u.s because if anybody wants to build and due to the new infrastructure bill they have to be using U.S. steel. These guys are able to jack their prices up. 45% uh, of the company's sales comes from fixed contracts. Right. So they have fixed, half their business is already fixed contracts. I mean, they already have business in Recession the pi proof, pipeline. Right? Yeah. Plus higher steel prices. So plus the infrastructure bill. So it kind yeah. of all per perfectly works out. Yeah. So I really like apply like that as well. For sure. And I just want to make a quick note about some of these stocks we're talking about because I understand they're not sexy plays. You know, we're not talking about a Tesla. We're not talking about a Cloudflare, a growth tech stock that could go to the moon, right? But these are the places you need to be looking. When everyone is looking at the tech stocks, you need to be looking where no one else is. You need to be looking at these non-sexy stock plays to hold your wealth or slowly grow it during a time where a lot of these companies are going to be hitting rock bottom. And I know a, you know a waterworks company or a steel company or a potash company is not the sexiest stock play and you might think it's boring. But there's nothing boring about holding your money and right, maintaining your wealth or making a little bit of money when everything else goes down, right? Yeah. So as, and you know, we have a lot of our audiences into crypto and, you know, crypto is sexy and it'll go 10x, 100x, but, and that's great. But would you rather be in a sexy name that loses 75% of its value or be in a pesticides company that goes up 30%? <laughs> At the end of the day, your money is your money, right? Yeah. So you got to really put the sexiness out of, of investing sometimes, especially in these risk-off environments. And these have been proven, like these are proven playbook. There's a reason why we're bringing these names up. Yeah. It's because they've worked in the past uh, during previous recessions. So we're using them again. For you sure. Know, this is a play, and you, you mentioned Tesla and I'm like, 
Eh, I mean, that could be a recession proof because Elon's a genius. Yeah. Who knows why he, he'll he'll create some some other company. And For sure. They're kind of in a league of their own, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, piggybacking off Tesla, the next sector I want to talk about is energy and utilities. Okay. Because people, first of all, these are recession proof companies. They have money in the bank and people are spending more time at home. They're using more utilities. So I got a couple of names here. American Waterworks, straight off the Monopoly board, right? Right. Those utility companies yeah. are all talking about. <laughs> People need their water and they're not, it's not going anywhere. So if you want to park your money in a company that's not going to lose any value because of uh, devaluing of the currency, inflation, recession, it's American Waterworks. And then going to energy, a couple of the companies that we've talked to on the Green Stocks um, episode from a few months back yep. have now come back into play because not only are they you know green energy, renewable energy, they're larger companies that are more diversified into all energy. So this one company, Brookfield Infrastructure, BIP, utilities, pipelines, power lines, cell towers, all that kind of stuff that's just going to maintain its uses through a recession, if not more because people are spending more time at home, they're using more, all that kind of stuff. So these energy companies and utility True. companies are very smart plays to park your money in when everything else is going down. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that makes a ton of sense, actually. Yeah. Um, again, not a sexy play. No, I mean, none of... Again, power lines. None of, the, <laughs> none of these are. None of these are. How many and views do you think a TikTok that I would make about a power line, a power line stock? Six. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, none of these are, are sexy plays. Um, I do have one more um, sticking to something that everybody needs. Uh, and I know we have thrown a lot of names at you today. But again, at the very beginning of the episode, it was about, it was about balancing your portfolio and trying to be risk off during a time like this. So we're just go back and you can research some of these names yourself because yep. we've thrown like 10 or so at you. Yeah. But like this, like sectors. So we looked at like the food, we've looked at water. We, I'm about to bring up housing. So real estate investment trusts uh, typically perform very well during times of recessions, but also in times of inflation. So let's say hypothetically, we just end up dealing with higher inflation rates. This is a good play. Let's say hypothetically a re recession comes into play. This is a good play. Mm. So REITs, uh, real estate investment trusts, have outperformed the S&P 500 by 7% um, and have outperformed the S&P 500 by over 8% during times of recessions. Why? Because they have a predictable lease-based revenue. So with commercial leases, they're, they're signed on usually for like 10 years or so, the tenant is obliged to pay the entire contract. So this is guaranteed revenue. This is what I really like about this. They also have attractive dividends. So each one of these REITs will provide you because it, uh, X, X percentage of their profits, they have to, by law, provide a dividend. So when you have the price of the dollar sinking, you have inflation going up, you can now get 5 6 7% on your investment. Plus, these also go up. If you've been looking at these over the past year or two, right. these have been, they're, it's a gradual 15%. It's still going up, so you're making money on that, plus dividends. Cool. So, this is interesting. The National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust, REITs, have seen positive returns in 19 quarters with rising interest rates. Right. From 1996 to 2017. So, anytime there's rising interest rates, 19 quarters have been very positive for REITs. So, and if, let's say hypothetically, we go with higher inflation, when inflation rises, so do rent prices. So this is foolproof from both sides. 
three names I want to highlight. Uh, Prologis, PLD, 2% div. There's Realty Income Corp, trades on the ticker O, 4% div. And then you have WP Carry with a uh, WPC, a 5% div. So right. you're seeing a 15% growth over the past two years, but you're also seeing a dividends. And there's a protection in both recession and inflation times. What happens in the event of a potential real estate market big time downturn or crash? Are those REITs negatively affected? I'm sure, but the thing is, the, that's why I spoke to the tenure. Right, they have, locked in. They're locked in. Right. The tenant is obliged. They have to figure out a way to pay mm, that. And then if they, de- if they default, then I think the bank will end up covering whatever it is is needs to be covered to the REIT. Right, yeah. No, I like it. I like it. That's a good one, uh, housing for sure. So, you know, we've already covered a bunch of the recession-proof, inflation-proof um, sectors. One, and so we, we talked about food stocks. We made that standalone episode about food stocks. Another episode that we made that, again, credit to us, all of the names from it have absolutely ripped since that moment, interestingly enough, are some of the best-performing stocks during recessions, and that's defense stocks, oh, war yeah. ti- wartime stocks. If, if you haven't watched our wartime stocks episode that we made just before the war broke out. A month before the war. Go check out that episode because some of those names have absolutely ripped. But on my research, I stumbled upon the fact that during recessions, when consumer spending declines, defense spending for countries increases by 12%. So you're looking at another tailwind for war stocks, defense stocks. And then if I looked into it further, between 1970 and 2009, there were six recessions defense spending increased in five out of six of those recessions. Right. So it's a clear trend here. So if we're heading into another recession, and not only are we heading into a recession, we're heading into a time of uncertainty in the world. We've got already, we've got war in Europe. There has to be, there's rising tensions in Asia between China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, United States. The world is moving in one direction right now, and it's not a great one. I think we're going to be seeing more conflict, which means more defense spending. So I'm looking to the names that we talked about in the wartime stocks episode. Which you have to go check out. You have to go check. You have to go check them out. There's some yeah. good names in there. I mean, they're the companies that are making the tanks, the global security systems, the planes, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Those names, and we'll, we'll tag the video at the end of this video, so you can go check out those names because they're dynamite names. No pun intended. <laughs> um, that could see a another boom as the no pun intended again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. I can't stop. Um, they've already seen, you know, a huge rip because of the unfortunate events in Ukraine and Russia. But as the recession comes, that trend could only to continue. So check out that wartime stocks episode because as I've said, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. And the other good thing about wartime stocks or uh defense stocks is that they're government contracts and they're typically long uh duration yeah, contracts. Just like the RITs, right? Exactly. So they might have a, uh, a spend for the next 10 years. Yep. So it's guaranteed revenue. And right now, I, I think uh, the US just sent like 800 million worth of equipment over to the Ukraine or something. So, you know, I got to re-up those reserves, right? For sure, for sure. So yeah, I mean, look, we just threw out a ton of sectors and names at you. We went from consumer staples to retailers to food stocks, metals, real estate, energy, utility, defense. It's all there. And as I said, these aren't sexy names. But if you want to maintain your wealth, if you want to make that 10, 20, 30% over the recession, instead of losing your money in these tech stocks, check these names out, right? Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Hey, make sure you guys all smash the subscribe button, hit the like button, share this episode, and tune into the next episode. That one's going to be a banger.
All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.